your hand one more time. You need a lesson. Raise your hand if you need a lesson. We got them scattered abroad. Anybody else need a lesson? All the way in the back. I don't know if y'all see that. All the way in the back. Is that it? That ain't no Barry back there, is it? Oh, Lord. It ain't got pictures, Aaron. There ain't no pictures in this outline. All right. Make sure Aaron gets one, Brother Jalen. All right, James, James chapter number 5. Grab your Bible, turn to James chapter number 5. How many of you are glad to be at Bible study tonight? Amen. It's good to be here. Last week, while you're turning to James chapter 5, last week we talked about the selfish, the selfish. We were talking about different ones that were in trouble and in need or or were either causing trouble or were in trouble. And last week we talked about the rich who were uh, not using their money properly and abusing people. Well, we're going to move right from the selfish into the suffering. The suffering are the ones that were taking, uh, they were catching the brunt of what the selfish were doing. And so we're going to take that tonight and apply it to all of the suffering. Anybody that suffers through anything, the principle is true uh, for what he is teaching here in James chapter number 5. So if that makes sense, say amen. All right. He says in verse number 7, verse number 7, let's start in verse 7. And we'll read down to verse number 12, okay? Have you found your spot in James chapter 5, verse 7? Be, don't you hate when somebody tells you that? When you're going through it, when you're right in the middle of it, when you're about to pull your hair out and you want to choke somebody, and somebody tells you, hey man, you're just going to have to be, don't you just love that? One honest dude in the whole church. You got to be, when you don't understand, you got to be. When you're in a painful situation, you got to be. When you don't know what to do, you got to be. When you're ready to give up, you just need to be patient. Be patient, therefore, brethren, under the coming of the Lord. He said, you got something to look forward to. Behold. Now, what we're going to learn tonight is we need to be patient. We need to, we need to uh, learn patience. We need to develop patience and so forth and so on. But then he says, behold. Anytime you see the word behold, you'll find out that he said, I want to show you something. Behold literally means that. Look, look, look at these things. Then he gives three different examples of, of, of things that will help us Issues and people that will help us to learn patience and develop patience in our life. He says you need to be patient. You need to look toward the Lord. The Lord's coming. And matter of fact, he uses the Lord's coming three different times to encourage us. And he says, behold, look. Let me give you an illustration, he says. Behold the husbandman or the farmer. He waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth and hath long patience for it until he receive the early and the latter rain. Be ye also patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Grudge not one against another, brethren, lest ye be condemned. Behold, the judge standeth before the door. In other words, he's almost here. Three different times we're talking about the Lord coming. Take my brethren the prophets who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering, affliction, and of patience. Behold, we count them happy which endure. Ye have heard of, the, of Job and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. But above all things, my brethren, swear not neither by heaven, neither by the earth, neither by any other oath, 
Let your yea be yea and your nay nay. Lest ye fall into condemnation. Five different times you find the word patience in these few short verses. Suffering and affliction. Lord, give us some patience. Help us to have patience. And, and let me say this. Before we get into study, I've heard people a lot say this. Whatever you do, don't pray for... How many of y'all have ever heard that? Now, be honest. Be honest or you're going to get indigestion. How many of y'all have ever said that? Because you heard that. Guess what? It doesn't matter whether we pray for it or not. Do you realize that if God thinks we need it? Hello? Amen. All right. Lord, please help us tonight. You see who's here. Lord, you, you, they, they've come from work. They've come from home. And God, they could be doing a million other things, but they're in your house tonight to hear from you. Lord, let them hear from you. God, we, we go through stuff that we just can't imagine and we can't understand, and Lord, sometimes we can't figure out. God, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll touch us now tonight. Speak to our hearts, lift us up, encourage us, help us to be better than we were yesterday, and Lord, help us to look forward to tomorrow. God, help us to be more like you every single day. God, forgive us where we failed you, because that happens a lot. Forgive us where we've done wrong, forgive us for bad attitudes, forgive us for disobedience, and God... Help us, to, help us to do everything we can to strive to be what you'd have us to be. God, I praise you and I thank you. You're so worthy of our praise. Thank you for a building we can study in. Thank you for air conditioning and heat. Thank you for a, a whole pile of young people that's down there in that other building that's just excited about what you're doing. Thank you for even younger people behind us in the building behind us that's, that's here learning who you are. God, this is an exciting place to be. And I pray that you'll help us now. Give us what we stand in need of. And Lord, we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can be seated. <clears throat> Suffering. Suffering. We have this encouragement and, and, and command to be patient. When we're suffering, we've we got to be patient when we're hurting. We've got to be patient when we're afflicted. We have to be patient. And he gives us examples of this. And then we go back to James chapter number 1. I, I even went back also to the... Uh, the, the outline that I did when we were back in James chapter number 1 and, and, and went over that again and talked about that because James started the book with dealing with patience and dealing with divers' temptations or trials and temptations, hardships and difficulties and, and, and what it will do for us in our life. And, and as I was looking over this and throughout the book and throughout the Bible, I mean, there's so many instances in the Bible where you see people suffering where you see good people suffering. You know, you, know, you, you ever hear the phrase, uh, why does bad things happen to good people? But if, if the truth be known, the Bible says there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none good. There is none that deserves to be, have great things happen in their life more than others. We're, we, we, have, we all have issues and we all have things going on. But in the big scheme of things, you do see sometimes people that are good people that are, are in, in the big scheme of things that treat other people better and, 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 and seem to be a, a, a great person and it seems like they go through hell on earth. And then you see bad people that literally in the big scheme of things, they treat bad, they treat other people bad and they treat uh, uh, people in a wrong way. And it seems like everything goes good in there. And that's, that's just, that's hard to understand. 
That's hard to figure out. Uh, even the psalmist David had that issue, and he, 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 he struggled with that a lot. And, and, and I mean to the point that it just bugged him bad. But then he said this, Until I went into the house of the Lord, and I saw their end. I saw their end. I saw the end of the Christian. I saw the end of the believer. I saw the end of the one who puts his faith and hope and trust in Christ. I see where he's going. Then I see the end of the one who may look like he has it all, may look like rich, may look like he's wealthy, may look like he has it all together. But when it's all said and done, he's going to be like the rich man who was going to build bigger barns. And he said, thou fool, tonight thy soul shall be required of thee. And then who has thy wealth? What about the rich man who died? And in hell he lift up his eyes being in torment. Lazarus died and was carried into Abraham's bosom to be comforted. Somebody say amen. David said, until I saw their end, until I saw their end, well, I was in a bad way. He said, I had, I had well nigh slipped. I'd almost, I'd, I, just, I just couldn't understand. Well, in this affliction, before we get an outline, <clears throat> I, I just wanted to uh, write some thoughts, some thoughts that I had as I was studying this to, to kind of intro, to kind of intro uh, the, the, the study tonight, okay? So let's look at number one. Uh, well, let, let me go back. Let me go back. Let me, let, let's, let's look at, there's so many, there's so many uh, false teachers today that's got people completely confused. And some of it, some of it stemmed from the teaching that God gave to Israel that he says, if you will honor me, then I will bless you. So it gave the people, some of the people took that, that if you're, you're greatly, if you're greatly wealthy or you're greatly blessed, then you're greatly holy and righteous. In other words, and if you're not blessed, if you're not wealthy, if everything's not going great in your life, then you must be wicked. Because that was the assumption that Job's people and Job's friends had on him. So what do we have now in today's, in today's world? You turn the TV on. <clears throat> if you have great faith, you will be blessed. You will have favor. Uh, if you if you have everything right in your life, if you don't have sin in your life, then you will have everything will go well. You'll not get sick. You'll not have issues. Well, that's not even biblical. But see, what happens is, is we have people that hear false prophets and hear false teachers and hear this false uh, 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 issues of truth and 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 or a, a, a twisting of the truth. And so then, when something bad does happen, when things don't turn out right, when things don't turn out easy and, 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 and things are not uh, uh, peaches and cream like the preacher said it was going to be, then something must be wrong. Either God's mad at me, hello, I'm being punished, or this whole thing's a lie. Well, James knew something about truth. He knew something about reality. He knew something about the Christian life and the Christian walk, that it's not going to be easy. Guess who else knew something about that? Jesus. Guess who else knew something about that? Paul. Watch what they said. Jesus was speaking to his disciples in John 16, 33, right there in your notes. He said, these things I have spoken unto you, that ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have. In the world ye shall have. Now, how many of y'all are in the world? Hello? If you're not... I'm kind of scared to ask where you are. As long as you're here, you're going to have problems. As long as you're here, you're going to have issues. As long as you walk as a Christian, there's going to be people that do not like you and disagree with you. Are y'all with me? Look what Paul says. 
Paul says this to his converts in Acts chapter 14, verse 21. And when they had preached the gospel to that city and had taught many, they returned again to Lystra and Iconium and Antioch, confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them, exhorting them to continue in the faith. Now watch what he says. And that we must through much, through much, enter into the kingdom of God. What is he saying? We're going to have problems. We're going to have difficulties. We're going to have hardships. Things are not going to be easy. It's not going to be peaches and cream all the time. Yes, we will have mountaintop experiences, but on the other side of that mountain, there's going to be a valley. That's why David said, Yea, though I walk through the valley, the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. David experienced God on the mountaintop, but he knew the depths of the valley. He knew the depths of the darkness. He knew the depths of the difficulty. But thank God, he's the same God in the valley as he is on the mountain. We're going to go through problems. We're going to go through difficulty. We're going to go through hardships. You look through the main characters of the Bible and some of the, some of the greatest people in God's Word went through some of the difficult, most difficult things you could ever imagine. Why do we think we're going to be any different? And, and why do we, we think we, we get spoiled in life and, and difficulty in, uh, with us as if the air conditioning ain't working? When they were Christians, I dare you, I dare you to go to Hebrews chapter number 11 and look at the, the Faith Hall of Fame and look at the Christians who were thrown to lions and look at the Christians who were sawn asunder. Look at the Christians who were boiled in oil. Look at the Christians who were skinned alive and filleted alive. And we get upset if we have to come to church early. Amen? Write these things down for me. James is saying we must patiently endure hardships and heartaches until Jesus returns. James used two different words for patience. In James 5, 7, and 8, and 10, he used a word that, which literally means long-tempered or enduring long. The word enduring patience in James 5, 11, literally means to remain under and speaks of endurance under great stress. Now, patience, <laughs> I like this. Patience means to stay put and stand fast when you would like to... How many of y'all wanted to run away before? Boy, isn't that a good definition? Staying put when you really feel like running away. Boy, David knew something about that too. In one of his, one of his psalms, he said, Oh, that I had wings as a dove. I'd just fly away. I'd just fly away and be, I'd just get away. If I could just, if I could just get away. Patience means you staying. Patience means you stay. I like this too. Many scholars think that long-suffering refers to patience with respect to people, while endurance refers to patience with respect to conditions or situations. In other words, there's really two areas we're going to have to have patience. We're going to have patience with, come on, come on, you little weak right there. We're going to have to develop and, 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 and learn patience when we're dealing with, come on, with, and then with our problems. Say that with me. With our problems. Now, I don't know about you, but I think sometimes it's easier to deal with problems than it is people. Sometimes you, you get frustrated. But you know what? We got, we got to learn this. You say, well, preacher, I'm not real good with people. Guess what God will do then? He'll put you around frustrating people. 
That's what he'll do. That's how, that's how we learn it. I, I, was, <laughs> I was in the stands yesterday. It, it, obviously, I have a problem here because I was in the stands yesterday. My, my daughter had a, a, a basketball game, and I'm sitting here, and I'm ashamed to even say this, but uh, uh, this, this little fella uh, was sitting beside me, and, and, and I, I was sitting there, and they had like the little handle. How many of y'all have gone up the, 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 the stadium seat, and it's got like a little handle here, and and this little guy was just holding on, just going around, just right there beside my head and making noises, just rah, rah, rah. And I'm like, man, I'm fixing to throw you across this court. You can do this again. <laughs> the bad part was he's only that big, amen. And I wanted to throw his mama across the court. Say amen. <laughs> and I'm thinking, what is wrong with these people that don't get their children under control? And God says, my pastor. <laughs> Don't you hate when the Lord just gets in your stuff? I thought, well, I ain't his pastor, amen. <laughs> He'd know better. <clears throat> Number one. Now, y'all laugh if you want to, but how many of y'all can relate to what I'm saying? God knows I needed patience, so he put a little pest right beside me. Amen? That's how it works. Suffering. <clears throat> when we're going through it. Here's some, here's just, these are just thoughts. This is not even really the outline, but I just, I wanted to put this here to kind of, kind of put it together. Uh, number one, suffering's a part of life. Suffering is a part of life. It's not because you're bad. It's not because you've sinned. It's not because God is angry at you or God is mad at you. It's not because your parents or grandparents or your great uncle was a, a hoodlum, so now you're paying for his stupidity. There's a lot of false teaching that's around there that you're paying for your ancestors, whatever. It's not true. It's just a part of life. Look what he says. Look what he says in 1 Peter 4, verse 12. Beloved, now he's talking, to, he's talking to Christians. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery what? Trial. This difficult thing you're going to go through. And by the way, they did. Christians went through uh, uh, some of the worst persecution under the Roman, uh, uh, the Roman Caesars that there was. Some even under Domitian. I think Domitian was the worst out of all of them. I mean, fiery, difficult situations. He said, don't think it's strange. In other words, don't think like... Don't think like this is a strange thing that's going on. As though some strange thing has happened unto you. But rejoice in as much as ye are partakers of Christ's what? How many of y'all can somewhat get a picture of Christ's sufferings? If you can't, watch the passion of the Christ. That'll give you somewhat of a... And, it, and, and they can't even capture the whole deal. But that's Christ's sufferings. And you know what you know what Peter's saying? We are partaking with Christ. We are, we are with him in this. He said, when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. So, so he's also appealing to the coming of the Lord. But the, the point of what I'm trying to get out of this verse is for you to understand when something difficult happens, when you're in a trial, when you're in a difficulty, when you're in a hardship, when you're going through great affliction, it's normal. It's normal. He said, don't think it is something strange that has happened to you. Don't think it's because... Now, now, please get this. Please get this. This is really not helping me. It will help you. 
it will help you because it will keep you from getting frustrated at God. Because it'll keep you from getting frustrated even not just with God, but even with your own self. It'll keep you from trying to rack your brain and figure out, because you've done confessed everything that you've done and some things you ain't done, just in case. Am I telling the truth? Trying to figure out over and over and over and over again, what in the world, what, 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 what can I, what have I done, what have I done? You haven't done anything. Affliction and suffering is a part of life. It's a part of the Christian walk. It's a part of the things we deal with. He says, don't think it's strange. Don't, don't, don't be surprised. Now, why would that help us? Why would that help us? Because it will keep you from getting sucker punched. You want me to tell you the punch that's going to get you? The one you don't see coming. And if you expect difficulty, if you expect trials, if you expect these things to take place, it won't catch you by surprise and you will be prepared for it. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Suffering, affliction, it's a part of life. Number two, some of y'all are not going to like this one. You're, not, you're really not going to like it. I didn't like it. But let's, let's read the verse and then I'll give you the answer. 1 Peter 1, 6. <clears throat> Wherein you greatly rejoice... Though now for a season, read that with me. Say it again. Say it again. Ye are in heaviness. That means you're in a bad way. Ye are in heaviness through manifold temptation. You're not just going through one trial. You're going through a bunch of them. I mean, it's piling up on you. It's, it, it's, I, I, I've, I've been feeling kind of overwhelmed lately, and, and it's one thing to tackle one devil, but when you've got a crowd of them, do I have a witness? Manifold temptations, he says, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found in the praise and honor and glory and the appearing of Jesus Christ. What's he saying? Your faith is going to be tested. It's going to be tried. It's going to be put through the fire so that we can see what kind of faith it is. But the most important part about this verse is verse 6. If need be. Look what number 2. If you are in it, you need it. What are we talking about? Affliction. Suffering. Difficulty. Heartache problems if you're in it you need it well i tell you there's a lot of shouting going on now isn't it right after i came to temple i was here i think two months to see your meeting was always in january right camp meeting was always in january so i came in october so about two months and man i just i was just kind of frustrated things that, that, that was working in South Carolina, didn't seem to be working here, just, just going through just some difficult, just a difficult time. And uh, Brother Craig Edwards, one of, a pastor friend of mine, he was down at my dad's, excuse me, down at my dad's preaching a, a revival and, or camp meeting, and, and I was down there, and I was just frustrated and, and uh, just wanting to quit. How many of y'all ever wanted to quit before? And how many of y'all know when you want to quit, you can find 15 reasons to quit. And if you want to quit, the reasons to quit are always outnumbering the reasons not to quit. Y'all with me? 
Well, for about 20 minutes, I just throwed up on him. I mean, everything I can imagine. I told him everything, every detail, every problem, every issue. And you know when you're telling on your side, you're going to make your side look real good. He never said a word. He sat there with his glasses on the end of his nose just looking at me. And I'm thinking, he's really feeling this for me. And I mean, I just kept on and on and on, and he just sat there and, and, and I said, I said, Brother Craig, what do you think? This is his exact words, his exact words. He said, you know what? You're exactly where you need to be. <laughs> what? I thought, didn't you hear the last 20 minutes? He said, you're exactly where you need to be. And if you know him, if you've ever been around him, he don't, he don't say much. So when he does talk, what he's saying is important. He said, you're exactly... Then he said this. He said, uh, some of y'all are probably not going to know this name, but Dr. Lee Robertson. Some of you may. He was a pastor in, in, uh, in, in, in help me. Tennessee. I know Tennessee. What part of Tennessee? Chattanooga. Chattanooga. Uh, at one time, had the world's largest Sunday school. Dude had it going on, 5,000-seat auditorium, just huge, unbelievable ministry, cool, cool, just unbelievable. They asked him, they said, what's made you the man that you are? They said, without hesitation, without hesitation at all. He said, well, he said, whatever I am, whatever God has made me to be, he said, without a doubt, all the trouble I've experienced has made me the man I am today. He told me that right then and said, you're right where you need to be. Quit whining and go back there and build a church. What's the point? If you're in it, you need it. Let me read it again because some of y'all look like I'm messing with you. Wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, how many are glad that trials are temporary? Though now for a season, what's the next three words? Say it again. If need be. What does that mean? If you didn't need it. Say this with me. I'm in it. Come on, say it with me. I'm in it. I must need it. All right. Don't you remember that next time? Don't you remember that next time you want to quit? Don't you remember that next time you want to get mad at God? I want you to remember that the next time you get frustrated at your spouse or frustrated at your children or frustrated at your parents or just aggravated with life in general. Understand this. I must need something. I must need something. And I'm going to help you with that too on the last one. All right, number three. Something else about affliction I want you to see. What was number one? Tell me number one again. <clears throat> Say it again. Number two, say it again. I, I, I knew studying y'all was going to like that one because I, I liked it too. Number three, number three, John sixteen thirty three. These things I have spoken unto you that in me you might have what? Thank God. In the world, in the world, say I'm in the world. In the world ye shall have. 
tribulation. But be of good cheer. He says, I got good news. Say it with me. I Say it again. Write this down. Number three, Jesus is bigger than my problem. Jesus is bigger than my problem. Number one, suffering and affliction is a part of life. Number two, if I'm in it, I need it. If I'm in it, I need it. What do I need to know when I'm in it? That Jesus is bigger than my problem. Jesus is bigger than my pain. Jesus is bigger than my situation. Jesus is bigger than my valley. Jesus is bigger than my storm. Jesus is bigger than my frustration. Jesus is bigger than my lack of understanding. Somebody say amen. I've overcome it. I've overcome it. If it's disease, he's overcome it. If it's distress, he's overcome it. If it's a storm, he said, peace be still. If it, listen, if it's a financial need, he's overcome it. He can t- listen, he sent his disciples to go fishing and take a coin out of a mouth to pay taxes. I guarantee you, if he can do that, he can take care of your financial need. Say, but what about death? I'm so afraid to die. He's been there, done that, come back and said it'll be all right. He's overcome the world. No matter what you face, he's overcome it. It, it might be sin, he's overcome it. He has come to this earth and conquered every single issue or thing you would ever go through. He has overcome. Say amen. When you're in the middle of your situation, know he's bigger than your problem. Now, here's the cool part. This may help us more than anything. Number one, number one. Number two. Number three, number four, James 1, verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers' temptations. Knowing this, how can we be joyful in a difficult circumstance? By knowing this, that the trying of your faith, the testing of your faith, the difficulty that you're going through, it worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Listen, when you're going through it, when you're in the midst of your trial, when you're in the midst of the fire, know this, number four, something is being accomplished. Something is being accomplished. Listen, a trial is going to be a trial regardless. It's going to be painful. So I, I'm not going to say, it's kind of like a doctor. You know, a doctor says, now I'm not going to lie to you. This is going to hurt. Now, the good ones say that. The others lie, say amen. But they tell you, right away, they tell you, that, look, I'm not going to lie to you. This is going to be, un- no, this is the word. This is going to be unpleasant. If you hear the word unpleasant, ask for medicine. Say Amen. This is going to be unpleasant. This is going to be uncomfortable. This is going to hurt. This is going to be painful. So I'm not going to stand here and tell you that trials are not going to be painful. That they're not going to hurt. That they're not going to be frustrating. They're going to be all that stuff. They're going to be fearful. But, but what will help you through it is to know when the surgery's over, you're going to be able to walk again. 
when the surgery's over, you're going to have your, 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 your arm again. When the surgery's over, you're going to be able to see again. When the surgery's over, you're going to be better than you were before. When the trial is over, you're going to be better than you were before. When the difficulty passes, and it will pass, weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the it's going to be better. God is doing something. God is doing something. I'm glad God will never waste a trial. God will never waste a tear. God will never, are y'all with me? Say amen. God is up to something. Something is happening. You may not see it. You may not understand it. You may not feel it. You may not can figure it out. But I promise you this. At the end of the trial, you're going to be better than you were before. You're going to be closer to God than you were before. You're going to understand God and know God more than you ever have before. Don't quit. Don't give up. And don't blame God. And don't get frustrated. And don't throw in the towel. Just trust God that He is doing something in the midst of the trial. Are y'all with me? Say amen. All right. Let's get to the chapter. <clears throat> How are we going to do this? How, the, question, the question that we have is how can we as Christians experience this kind of patient endurance as we wait on the Lord's return? I mean, every time somebody would come up to me <clears throat> Saturday, how are you doing? I, I was doing better until you asked me. <clears throat> And, and, then, and then they said, well, you got three more. You know what my response to all of them that said that? Not if Jesus comes back. You know, three times in, in the last chapter of Revelation, uh, uh, John the Revelator said, even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. You know why? He had a daughter getting married. <laughs> I need a witness right there, amen. That's the commentary I'm writing. If you don't agree with it, that's your problem. Amen. I, I, that's why I just said, come, Jesus. Please come again. Please. How, our, you know, Jesus is coming back, and that's, that's the encouragement that he gives. We're looking for the blessed hope. And aren't you glad we do have a blessed hope? I'm so glad we do have that promise. I'm glad Jesus did say he's coming again. One of the most comforting verses in the Bible is John 14. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. His coming is our blessed hope. Thank God this world is not my home. I'm just passing through. But until he comes, we can't just go up into the mountains and huddle up and sing in the sweet by and by. Because we got to live in the nasty now. Say amen. What do we do and how do we do it till he comes? Well, he gives some illustrations. He says, check out the farmer. He uses the husbandman, the word husband, which means farmer. In verse number 7, he tells him to be patient. <clears throat> he tells him to look toward the coming of the Lord. And he says, behold. He says, look, check this out. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth and hath long patience for it until he received the early and the latter rain. So let's look at the farmer. Four things in these verses I want you to see. First, I want you to see the situations we face. 
A, the situations we face. When you look at a farm, you look at a farmer, there's some things you see. No crop appears overnight. No farmer has control over the weather. Too much rain can cause the crop to rot. Too much sun can burn it up. An early frost can kill the crop. How long-suffering the farmer must be with the weather. In other words, there's going to be things in our life, there's going to be situations in our life that we're going to be at the mercy to, that we will not be able to control. But the farmer has to be patient. When there is no rain, he has to be patient. When it's flooding, he has to be patient. When the weather's not just right, when it's too cold or when it's too hot, he has to be patient. What's the point of that? There will be situations that come up in our life that we're going to have to be patient with. It's just, it's just, gonna, it's just like that first point was that it's a part of life. There's going to be things happen. There's going to be things break. There's going to be issues that come. There's going to be problems that rise up in our life that we just have to be patient. Patient. Situations. Then be. We're going to have to be patient with the seeds we sow. The seeds we sow. <clears throat> the farmer must have patience with the seed and the crop. For it takes time for plants to grow. Jewish farmers would plow and sow in what to us are the autumn months. The early rain would also was, uh, most of the time soften the soil. The latter rain would come in the early spring and help to mature the harvest. The farmer had to wait many weeks for his seed to produce. Uh, why did he willingly wait so long? Because the fruit is precious. The harvest is worth waiting for. In due season we shall reap if we faint not. Now how can we apply this? What, 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 how can we apply this? Some of you have really been trying hard. Some of you have really been trying your best to live a Christian life and, 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 and live the way God wants you to. You're trying to be faithful. You're trying to do right. You're, trying, you're, you're giving sacrificially and you're showing generosity and, 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 and all of these things are taking place. In other words, you're planting seeds. You're planting seeds in your life. And it seems like, it seems like, it's kind of like, it's kind of like I was. I remember, I remember one of the first gardens I ever planted was in South Carolina. <clears throat> in South Carolina, uh, they, the, uh, my, a friend of mine from the church, thanks, Doc. A friend of mine from the church come up and plowed the back, and, 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 and man, we put it out there, and we put the seeds out. And the very next day, I went out there. I'm not exaggerating this a bit. Now, some of y'all know my exploits with squash. That, that, that wasn't even this time. And if you don't, it's funny, I can tell you later, amen. But I did, every single day, every day, without fail. I went out the back door, I went out there. And then I remembered, I remembered that first day that, that, that there was a little crack in the ground. And there was a little, little like something green coming up out of that crack. And when I saw it, I said, Tammy! And she looks through the window and looks at me, and this is, her, I, God's my, this is exactly what she did. Her thing, she's, he's so stupid. I was so excited. Man, I thought it was cool. Seeds coming up. Next day. Some of you. I tried to start living right. 
and you thought the very next day you was going to see the fruit from it. Come on. It's, it's hard. I hope I can say this where everybody can get this. <clears throat> you ever heard the phrase, don't go sow wild oats and then go to church and pray for a, a, a harvest fail? Well, well don't, don't sow 15 years of stupidity and 20 minutes of righteousness and think all of a sudden, am I making sense? Well, what do we do? Just keep sowing. Just keep praying. Just keep trusting. Just keep putting that seed in the ground. Hey, we got it. Guys, I know, I know, I know, I, I, I feel even ashamed even because I know I'm, most of y'all have done had kids married off and gone and it's nothing and all this, but this is my first go around. <clears throat> And, uh, and, and, and I got to be honest, uh, I called him Monday. <clears throat> How you doing? Everything all right? At the end of the phone call, I said, do not tell your mother I called you. <clears throat> this is our secret. I'll pay you. Amen. <laughs> you know what? Sometimes we got to learn to. Trust the seeds we've put in them. Now, now, you say, oh, goodness, preacher. Uh, my seed bag ain't been real good. Well, guess what? Let's start today. Let's start today. It's never too late to start. I've heard, well, it's too late now. No, it's not. No, it's not. Just keep planting. Just keep planting, just keep planting, keep planting. Because one day, you're going to go outside. Woo! It kind of goes with your Bible reading. I keep reading and I don't get nothing. Yeah, but one day. One day, you're going to open that Bible up. And you're going to read something. And it's going to be just for you. And you're going to realize that the God of all creation, the God of all glory, who's got this world in his hand, stopped a minute of his time to speak to you, directly to you, and that verse will mean just for you. And this is what will happen. You'll be so jacked up about it, you'll want to tell her, let me tell you what God showed me, and then, and then you'll get mad when they don't get happy with you. You'll be, so, you'll be like right here, and they'll say, oh, okay, that's great, good verse. But let me tell you why they act that way. It wasn't for them. It was for you. Let me move along. I'm going to run out of time. Is that 11 minutes for real? Is that? All right. See. Seasons. Seasons. We're not only going to have to be patient with the situations in our life that creep up, but the seeds that we sow. We're going to have to be patient with the seasons in our life. Now, let me say this. 
I know some of y'all are going to think, well, that's, that, that's, that's not that, that, that important of a point. Oh, yes, it is. Here's what I see happen a lot. <clears throat> I see Christians, they come to church, <clears throat> and, and, and God really begins to move in their life. They get excited, and they get active. They may, they may join a ministry, they may join a life group, and they're all, I mean, it just, it's just, man, it's all about it. It's fun, and it's awesome, and it's exciting. And, but then they'll go through a season. And, and, and the Christian life is not always harvest time. Harvest time is a time of celebration. Man, when you'd, when you'd reap the harvest, man, they'd have a party. It's fun. And it's exciting. But do you realize that winter comes? Winter comes. Winter's cold. Winter's difficult. There's... there's, there's Sometimes in the Christian life, we'll go through a winter time. Y'all with me? I'm, I'm helping somebody right here. I know I am. I know I am. Because see, what will happen is, is, is when the harvest is over and we got to hunker down and really start growing as a Christian and maturing as a Christian because God wants us to develop, He's going to allow a little winter time to come in so we'll, we'll seek the heater. Y'all with me? And then we get frustrated. Because it didn't feel like it used to feel. I, I'm, not, I'm not all jacked up like I, I used to be. And, and so here's, what, here's the natural. Well, there's something wrong with the church. I tell you what, that life group just ain't what it used to be. Or, or I, ain't no, I can't get nothing out of this Bible. And what happens is, is we go through a season season of coldness a season of difficulty and I tell you what most of the time we go through those seasons when something difficult happens in our life when we experience a tragedy when we, when we experience something very difficult that we don't understand and all of a sudden all of a sudden it's not woohoo it's oh me How many of y'all know the roughest winter's got to give way to spring? You see, the Christian life is seasonal. And only mature Christians get that. I wish I wished every service. Now, it's fun because people that never been to temple, they come, they think it's camp meeting all the time. Because where they're at is dead as 4 o'clock. Yeah, I said it. How you know? Because I've been there. I preached for them. Amen. Anything with a pulse is a blessing. Say amen. But y'all got to know this. It's not going to be rah, rah, re all the time. And, and, and so what happens is, is when we come in and it's not a up in the rafters atmosphere, we think something's wrong. 
when God may be saying it's not harvest time. It's pruning time. It's time to prune stuff out of our life. It's time to, because it's not, it's not always going to be that way. Seasons. Seasons. Seasons in somebody's life is, is, is very easy to get off track. It's very easy to get away from God. But, but the farmer teaches us we've got to be patient in the seasons. We've got to be patient in the wintertime. We've we got to be patient even in the dead heat of the summer or, or when it's not fun. When it's not, when it's not, y'all, y'all with me? Does everybody get what I'm saying? The farmer teaches that there's seasons. That's fine. Hey, not just in, in church, but even in our own personal life. There's times we're going to have an exciting time. There's times we're going to pluck fruit out of our life, and it's going to be great, and it's going to be fun. But then there's going to be times it's going to be difficult. There's going to be times it's going to take work. I don't know if you know this or not, but in order to plant the seed, you've got to plow the ground. And I, if you've never done that before, that requires work. Now, you can be a baby, immature Christian all your life, but you don't need to. But you've got to understand this. The only way to mature and develop and move on to another level in your life, it takes work. It takes effort. It takes understanding that there is seasons. Then lastly, saints. Write that word down. Look what he says. And and verse 9. Grudge not one against another, brethren, lest ye be condemned. Behold, the judge standeth before the door. I put in your notes here. The farmer does not get into fights with his neighbors. One of the usual marks of farmers is their willingness to help one another. Nobody on the farm has time or energy for disputes with their neighbors. James must have had this in mind when he added verse 9, Grudge not one against another, brethren, lest ye be condemned. Behold, the judge stands at the door. Watch this, watch this, watch this. Impatience with God often leads to impatience with God's, God's people. And this is a sin we must avoid. If we start using the sickles on each other, we will miss the harvest. Now, let me say this. We we don't have time, so we're going to stop right there at the farmer. But I want everybody to look at me. That problem, that problem, I'll wait till you're all looking at me because I still hear fluffering. All right, look at me, look at me, look at me. Everybody look at me. Look at me. I want to see the whites of your eyes. That problem you're having with your neighbor or your spouse, it might not be your spouse or your neighbor's fault. That impatience that's coming up and rising up with your fellow man, it might be because you got a problem this way. You know what I found out? You can't be right this way if you're wrong this way. And another thing, I found this out. It's real hard to be right this way 
If you're wrong, this will wait. Because if I'm not right this way, everybody irritates me. Especially people that's right this way. You can't go to church. Because when you go to church, people that get happy irritate you. Because misery loves what you so happy about. I don't know why you amen. Bless God. You may tell you the most miserable person in the world is somebody that's saved that's out of the will of God. You may tell you why he's so miserable? Because he can't find no place to be happy. He doesn't fit anywhere. If you're truly saved, if you're true, and I'm not saying if you're religious, because if you're religious, you can go back to the world and it not bother you and feel comfortable out there. You can go back to the bars and feel comfortable. You can go back to the Jew joints feel comfortable. You can go back to Raising Cane feel comfortable. But if you're a true child of God and the Holy Ghost lives in you and you go back to the old way, you ain't happy. Can't be happy. You can go, go ahead and get that alcohol and try to drink it. God will say, what are you doing? Go ahead and hang out in the wrong places. God will say, what are you doing here? Go ahead and catch an attitude with somebody. God will say, watch your mouth. Because see, when you get saved, the Holy Spirit's in you, and you can't eject him. Hello? Peter said, I go fishing. God said, okay. All night long. All night long he fished. Because see, that's what we have a tendency to do. When things are not going our way, we go back to our old way. God said, go ahead, big boy. All night long. Do you know how frustrating it is to fish all night long and catch nothing? Go ahead. Go back to what you used to do. You'll be so frustrated because what you used to do won't make you happy anymore. Say amen. And then you come to church and you already know what you should do. You already know you're not right with God. And then when somebody else gets happy, you're mad. Because you won't swallow your pride and know what you need to do. That's funny. It's not funny. I shouldn't have said that. It's frustrating, to be honest with you. Because I've been there. And the whole time, you're mad at the one beside you. Because inside, you truly want what they have right now. But you know what you have to do to get it. And you're either too stinking prideful to do it. Hello. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying this. The problems we have here may be because we're having a problem here. And if we can get right here, we, we can get right with anybody. We can get right with anybody. And all God's people say it. Suffering. Next week, we're going to talk about the prophets. We're going to talk about the prophets and what they went through. And, and doing right, but being done wrong. Say that with me. Doing while being done. And then we're going to talk about Job. Now, that's going to be the good one. I was hoping we could get that one tonight. Uh, that may be a, a, whole, a whole night lesson there.
Uh, but what we're going to learn from Job is going to be really, really cool. All right? Church, say amen. I was supposed to announce that instead of Saturday, instead of Saturday for the, uh, for the, the treat thing for the kids, they're moving it to Friday because there's supposed to be some real bad inclement weather on Saturday. Uh, so they're going to move that to Friday. So what, what, what day is that going to be, guys? Did they have a time on that? Did anyone? Six? All right, six o'clock on Friday. How many of y'all will help me get the word out? All right, if you have a Facebook, put it on your Facebook, okay? Share that and share it and share it, and we, maybe we can go viral, amen? Uh, but what day? What time? All right, all right. Now, how many, let's do this. Everybody stand. Everybody stand. I done went over time. And I quit early, too. Three minutes early. Still went over time. All right. Uh, uh, raise your hand again. Raise your hand again if this message kind of pertains to what you're going through right now. Right. All right, let's do this. I want you to pray for the one next to you. Don't be laying hands on nobody. Don't touch nobody. Just, just pray for them, all right? <clears throat> We're going to pray. Everybody pray. You pray for your neighbor. I have, I, God does something. When you pray for somebody else, God prays for you. Amen? God meets you. So let's pray for the one beside us. Lord, I pray for all those in this place that's going through it right now, facing difficulties and facing trials and facing hardships and God, I pray, Lord, that your perfect will be done in their life. Lord, we know you're accomplishing something, but help us endure. Help us be patient. Help us to grow in our patience and grow in our faith and trust you that you know what you're doing. And, and if we're in it, we need it. And whatever it is that we need, I pray that you'll accomplish it so we can come out of it. And God, I pray that your perfect will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. All right, I need